Okay, guys, yeah. we're we're here. We're yeah, ready we're to here. start this episode. But yeah. I will say to everyone listening that they are replacing the pipes on my street. So mm-hmm. you may hear some construction noises in the background when I am speaking. Also, we have the ubiquitous Los Angeles helicopter circling right over my head. I thought that was just my neighborhood. No. <laughs> You've got um, it too. It's almost daily. <laughs> yeah, I'll right. do my best to get it out after the fact, but I'm sure listeners, you're going to hear it. And also I might have a delivery about 1050 or 1055. <laughs> there might be a so, doorbell. There, there might, might be a, a dog barking. We yeah, also have um, kind of frogs in our throats still, <laughs> which is basically the point of this episode. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Lost Ladies of Lit mini episode. I'm Kim Askew here with my friend, writing partner, and viral vector, Amy Helms. It seems I managed to give Kim my COVID a few weeks ago. You might still hear it in our voices a little bit. It's funny because Kim, you and I so rarely find time to hang out in person. We're usually just doing this on Zoom. We finally managed to go out on a non-working Monday night dinner purely social. And 24 hours after I started to feel bad, you started to feel bad. Yeah. After two and a half years of not getting it, even from my husband who had it, I got it from eating a meal outside. We were in an elevator together for like 30 seconds, but we like Um, to do everything together. So one of the upsides was that we got to quarantine for a handful of days with a TV, pile of books, and a queue of podcasts. Uh, We didn't quarantine together, obviously. That transition makes it sound like we did. Each from our separate homes. It felt kind of great, kind of decadent. I'm speaking for myself here. (laughs) Um, I felt like I was living my best life in the COVID den. My husband was dealing with the kids and there was a lot of comic inconveniences (laughs) that he was having to deal with that I won't get into, but he was serving me three square meals. I kind of didn't hate it. I know probably, Kim, you might disagree because you had a toddler in the house you were having to deal with the whole time. I literally, I'm not kidding. I'm practically coming to tears right now. I mean, I knew it wasn't the same for you, but wow, the three square meals. I mean, we had to have my daughter home because we couldn't infect her preschool. Um, My husband, he's in his like one time a year where it's like crazy. He's working super hard. So basically I was taking care of Cleo who was at home while I had COVID wearing a mask. I had no one cooking my meals. I was taking care of most of the house stuff, you know, I did get a little bit of time when she was napping, but honestly, today, two weeks later, is the first day I'm actually getting to relax. Oh my gosh. I got it. Yeah. So totally different experience. I kind of knew that was your experience. And to that degree, when we were texting, I was trying to not revel in it. Well, I like living vicariously through you when (laughs) when it's that situation. You did Mm -hmm. get to do a few. I did uh, do a few things. Okay. So um, anyway, this all inspired today's mini episode. Yeah. All the stuff that we were managing to watch or read or what have you while we were kind of down for the count and couldn't go anywhere. Um, Yeah. yeah, So we thought it would make a fun episode. A lot of this was stuff that's been out. And we just finally were getting around to diving into it. I'm excited to talk about some of it, though, because I and I think you did, too, found some things that really we loved and are excited about. I know. And I'm like, when's my next bout of COVID? Because some of the stuff I had to put on pause after I felt better. So can we do a house swap? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Okay. so the first thing 
And I actually reflected back to a conversation we had on a previous episode where we talked about what would we do if we were homesick and we had all the time in the world. And that was our friend in the United Kingdom, Lucy Worsley, the historian, right? Yeah. We wish that she was our friend. I'm always tempted to chop my hair into her cute little bob haircut. So cute. Oh, Anyway, so I love her, but I rarely have time to sit down and watch her stuff. So I watched a few episodes of Lucy Worsley Investigates, which is her most recent TV show, which now is airing on PBS here in the States. Um, Of course, I had to pick the episode that was on the plague. Perfect. Yeah. And it was also great because it reminded me a lot of our recent episode on the Midnight Queen, which was set in London's plague of... I can't remember the 16 year. 16 something. Six, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she focused on a plague that was a few centuries earlier, but she did mention that plague. It was really interesting. And then the other episode I watched was on witches. Ooh. She focused on a witch trial that occurred in Scotland, which I guess is where the whole witch craze phenomenon kind of originated. And then it, it continued for several hundred years, moving to Salem and all that stuff too but doesn't she have a book on agatha christie out right now or something yeah that's new okay yeah Yeah, that looks good i remember i almost wrote i started a screenplay about agatha christie's disappearance once in a screenplay writing class i never finished it i probably have it somewhere but i I was intrigued by her yeah and there's also laura thompson's agatha christie biography that's true yeah um there's the dog barking okay so after lucy worsley I was thinking, oh, you know what I haven't watched yet is that latest Downton Abbey movie that oh, came out right. earlier this mm-hmm. year. We were going to go see it with Bridget, one of our previous guests, and we can never get our schedules together. So I'm like, no. you know what? At this point, we're not going to all see it together. I'm just going to watch it. It hit all the spots you needed to hit. You know, like you're laughing at kind of how dumb it is, really. But the costumes were so amazing. Oh, my gosh. And I want to say, I think I told you this before, Tom's now wife on the show i forget what the character's name is but the actress is named tuppence middleton oh i love her name she's not british by chance is she go figure i think she (laughs) might be um she looks so much like nikki your friend oh wow oh i've got i mean i want you to i'm gonna send you a side by side of these two i was like oh my god it's nikki yeah nikki richardson my friend and agent extraordinaire who i'll also be mentioning later she comes up in something i'm gonna be talking about so oh okay perfect so uh, hang on ipad oh there's the doorbell or the door knock i should say and the dog We're just letting it all hang out this week on Lost Ladies of Lit. We're not even trying to pretend. Ooh, what she got? It looks like lunch or something. What'd you get? Lunch? Fancy, fancy bread delivery, um, a vanilla bun from Clark Street Bakery, and an heirloom tomato, just a few little oh special grocery items. Yeah. Yeah, I like to treat myself. Oh my God. Yeah, okay. Uh, right. It's, I mean, I only the best. Um, I know. Yeah. So yeah. you had watched Downton or were watching Downton, and Eric took Cleo out for the day. They went to a park, and I had the chance, the rare opportunity to be at home alone during the day to watch a movie. And I was going to watch Downton, and I, you know, put it into the um, streaming thing. It, I put it, it into up, my yeah. prime, queued it up. Right below it had like recommended movies related to Downton. 
And one of them was Delicious, which is a French movie. I'd not heard of it, but I was intrigued. So I looked into it a little bit more and I'm like, I'm going to watch this. And it was the perfect indie foreign, like you're a COVID sick and you just want to watch something beautiful. It's set in the 1700s, right before the French Revolution. And it's basically the first restaurant and how it comes into existence. It's got a female heroine who wants to learn how to be a cook. It's like they have still life shots that look like a Dutch still life painting from the 18th century. I mean, it was absolutely beautiful. So I loved it. It's like the bear 17th century. Yes. I love the bear, by the way. That was like my ultimate 2022 binging. So make the bear a costume drama. Yeah. If you want to keep watching food and a chef and a female apprentice, but set in the 18th century, this one's for you. Okay. I'm intrigued. All right. So the the next thing I dove into, which had been recommended to me several times, and I was resistant. And I'll tell you why after I say what the show was. But it's The Great with Elle Fanning. She plays Catherine the Great. Nicholas Holt is the king, her husband. Um, I had always kind of been resisting it because I really tend to not like when they put a modern pop culture-y spin on an like a sometimes it's really bad event. sometimes it doesn't work it's like gimmicky yeah it feels gimmicky and it feels like something that's done by people that are not fans of mm-hmm. history in a weird way but anyway i was surprised at how much i love this show okay it's funny i mean it's not it even says in the intro, it's like a mostly true or a sometimes true. Inspired by. Occasionally true <laughs> story or yeah. whatever. Did you watch all of it? No, no, no. I'm like five episodes in. That's okay. why I'm saying I need to get COVID again because I need to go back and continue watching well, it you because might. I need to find Wait time. Wait a few weeks. Maybe you will. Um, but yeah, it reminded me of that movie, The Favorite with Olivia Coleman. Oh, yeah. The Favorite, I didn't like. I'm like one of the few people that didn't like it. Yeah, I kind of liked it. I don't know what about it. I I felt like they were trying too hard with like the snarky whatever. But bunny, I thought I just found it super charming in the great. Mm -hmm. I I just I loved it. Nicholas Holt is so funny. Um, And I guess I have a little bit more of a basis for what the show's about, because a few years ago, I had read uh, a biography of Catherine the Great by Robert K. Massey, which I highly recommend if you're interested in Catherine's real story and how it sort of intersects with the Hulu version. But yeah, Catherine is such a badass historical figure. And I had tried a few years ago, there was a, another Catherine the Great miniseries that Helen Mirren starred in on HBO. And I don't think I watched more than one episode. I was just so bored by it. But this one, The Great, is just wildly entertaining. I, okay. I loved it. Okay, I don't know if you have Hulu, but I I have everything. All the streaming. Yeah, I have all the streaming. (laughs) So let's see. Um, Okay, so I didn't have time to fully binge watch a show, but I did watch two episodes of Dairy Girls, which are former guest Sarah Wooster. She had been watching the show and the new season came out and she was posting about it on Instagram. So I trust her. So I started watching it and it's hilarious. And I cannot wait to watch some more of it. I think they just started the third season and it's set in Northern Ireland, um, kind of, I think, a podunk town, Derry, and it's high school girls and one boy and sort of their adventures living kind of 
in this crazy time in the early 90s in Northern Ireland. So they're they're riding on the school bus and there's uh, soldiers getting on the bus, but they're having all their typical high school, you know, hilarious things happening to them with all this going on around them. And it's it's so funny and so good and so poignant. Okay. So let me ask you this because mm-hmm. I think I may have tried to start that show. Mm-hmm. My, Mike and I tried an episode and we got hung up on the accents. Like, oh, I, I use, I, do you do subtitles? I use the caption. The subtitles. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Which I tip, I have started doing a lot because well, also my daughter might be sleeping or whatever. So I kind of got used to doing that. And I realized that in a lot of shows and movies, it actually helps me catch a little bit more of the fun stuff that's kind of going on that you might miss in a screenplay. Yes. So I actually use it a lot and I use it for Dairy Girls and it does help because the accents are pretty strong. I need to start yeah. doing that. Maybe yeah. I'll try it again. I think you would like Dairy Girls. You'll relate to like the music and the 90s high school experience. All right. So um, I did a few podcasts. Um, The first one I did is not really connected to anything Lost Lady-ish, but you know, I like cults, right? Uh This one was called The Sunshine Place. And the only reason I bring it up is because it was this cult in Southern California in Santa Monica is kind of where it got its start. And their headquarters was Casa del Mar. What? On the beach. Oh, that's, I used to write there all the time. I lived a block from there. Before yeah. it was a hotel, yeah. it was um, their headquarters. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. So now I always associate Casa del Mar with that cult. Ooh. But um, another couple episodes of a podcast that I listened to were recommended by you. Uh-huh. Talking Tutors. Which I've seen a lot on Instagram, and I know a lot of our listeners also listen to talk. Rosemary Kelty is the one who recommended it to us originally on Instagram. She sent it to us. um, Okay, okay. And so that's why I listened to it. And I listened to the episodes I recommended to you. I absolutely loved it. I I was so into it. And the music, the Elizabethan music. And uh, that her accent is really amazing. And And her guests are so smart. Mm -hmm. Um, So we listened to the episode then on Cyphers, Mm -hmm. which was cool because in the midst of that discussion, they mentioned one of our previous Lost Ladies, Afro Ben, because she was a spy. Uh Uh-huh. I wound up going and Googling, looking at some of these ciphers. Like basically people would come up with their initials or messages in like a monogram. And it was very artistic. But if you look close enough at the monogram, you can see all these words spelled out. Yeah. And you've seen them in Holbein paintings and stuff and just not real. I didn't realize that that's what they were. Yeah. And it's so cool now to know that they were actually coded messages a lot of the time. Um, Super fascinating. Yeah. And the woman they had on the guest was so smart. She's like 26. She's got a PhD or she's a PhD student. Uh, Amazing the way she was talking about these ciphers and how she figured out this really important cipher. You have to go listen. I don't want to spoil it. You have to go listen to the cipher episode on Talking Tutors. Your mind will be blown. It's so cool. Yeah. And then the second episode of Talking Tutors that you had told me to listen to was on the Venetian courtesan, Veronica Franco. Who was also a poet. Yeah. She's fascinating. We could do an episode on her at some point, probably. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about Winter Love? Because we both. Yeah. I think I read Winter Love right before I got. I think you did. But I loved Winter Love. And it's a McNally Editions book. McNally Editions sent us their first four books when they came out. And we did episodes on three of them. And I never got around to reading this one. 
And I think part of me knew I would love it. And we'd already done all of these episodes and we had so many others lined up that we needed to work on. Oh my God, it's the best book. It is so good. And the woman who wrote it's fascinating too. Yeah. I was doing the same thing. It was on my huge pile on the nightstand. And I was like, I'll eventually get to this, but I don't know that it's in the queue anytime soon. And I'm not too worried about it. And then being shut up in my room, I had what was there on the nightstand. So I was like, hmm, I'll give this a try. It's like a little perfect jewel. Yes. And it's so different from anything that I've read and anything from that time period. It completely draws you in immediately. Yeah. And so basically it's set in England during World War II. Yeah. It's during World War II, but it's um, women who are studying to be doctors are studying science. Yeah. It takes place over the course of one winter, right? Mm -hmm. And hence the title. Um, And it's about two women at the school that fall in love with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. I just, I couldn't believe how well written it was. So we don't need to say too much more about this because we're probably pretty sure we're going to do (laughs) an episode here next year. We have to. Yeah. We can't let this one go. Um, But I just kept texting you being like, this book is phenomenal. I I just thought it was beautiful. I'm so glad you loved it. I I had a feeling you would, but yeah. Yeah. And thank you to Lucy Scholes. Yeah hooked us up with it and recommended it so highly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a few of the other books I was reading in my room at the time were in preparation for a few upcoming episodes. So one is an anonymously written book called The Woman of Color. And we're excited to talk about that soon. And then also Hester by Margaret Oliphant. I don't, have you started reading that No, one it's, yet? it's on its way. I think it's going to arrive today. I got the Oxford edition of it with a beautiful cover. And it does, it's like three volumes in one. Yeah, yeah. It's like middle March level diving into. Okay, <laughs> I have a big smile on my face because it's like, I'm, I live for having that thing to look forward to every night when I get in bed. That's my reading Where time. you're so immersed and you know it's not ending anytime soon. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm so excited for that. I can't wait. You will love it. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. She's so good at um, writing characters, like character description. And, Great. Uh, yeah. It's, it's everything you want. Um, but again, we'll be discussing that one early next year. So you can look forward to that. Also want to mention, I recently received a book from Boiler House Press by one of our previous lost ladies, Gertrude Trevelyan. They've put out a new title by her. This one is called 2000 Million Manpower. It just came out late last month, actually. And it's about an English couple's comfortable middle-class life in the suburbs in the 1920s, but then how they're kind of slowly ground down into debilitating poverty. Uh And they described it as the UK equivalent to John Dos Passos novel, USA, which I don't think I ever read. I haven't read that. Um, But yeah, looking forward to reading this one and excited that we have more Trevelyan that we can finally get our hands on. Yeah, this is very exciting. If you remember, she wrote Appius in Virginia, which was about the woman raising the orangutan, which I actually went to the zoo recently. One of my son got my COVID and then he couldn't return to school for a few days. So I took him to the zoo because I figured that's outdoor. But when we did, we saw the orangutans and I kind of thought about Appius (laughs) and his little sailor suit. Yeah. Poor little Appius. I know. Um, 
I want to talk about this book that Nikki gave me, I think for my birthday a year ago, she gave me a stack of books that were sort of, I think she thought they could all be potential inspiration for Lost Ladies of Lit episodes. And I am obsessed with The Paper Garden by Molly Peacock. It is about a woman from the 1700s who at age 72 started her life's work. She made collages of flowers. Her life is incredible. I don't even want to get into it too much because I feel like we should do an episode on her because guess what? One of the things she also did was write a novel. So while I'm reading it, it's like, oh, and by an aside, she wrote this novel. So I'm going to look into it and see if it's available so we can read it. But her name is Mary Delaney and she's 18th century woman, an incredible, fascinating, difficult life. But she ended up creating this art starting at age 72. And Molly Peacock, who wrote it, is a poet and it is the most beautiful biography that's also merged with some autobiography of Molly Peacock's life as well. And I don't even love nonfiction that much. You know that you're more mm-hmm. the nonfiction person of mm-hmm. the two of us, but I am completely into this book. It's like the best. And it's on this gorgeous paper and it's got pages with these collages that are available to look at in the British library. It's just done beautifully. Each chapter, she takes a flower and relates it to Mary Delaney's life. Oh, Wow. It's incredible. Like I just And you know I love I love reading biographies of people that I literally walk in knowing nothing about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even want to say anything else. Okay. So you will love this. I'll borrow that from you. Yeah. Nikki always gives you good books and then you get to them like about a year later. Yeah. The best. (laughs) And then then you're raving. Yeah. Yeah, My birthday's coming up and I'm just now reading the one from last year. (laughs) Yeah. Um so anyway, while I was getting to Netflix and chill for four solid days. I know my experience was a little different than from yours, Kim, but it made me think back to our recent episode where we discussed the yellow wallpaper and that dreaded rest cure that they made hysterical women, quote unquote, take. I don't know, but Charlotte Perkins Gilman, she might have fared better if she only had Netflix. Probably. Maybe she would have settled in. I will say, though, that I, on the other hand, when I'm homesick, I feel completely trapped. Like I need to get out, even though I can be a homebody, like I just can't wait to go do everything. And it's very, very hard for me to be stuck at home. So yeah, the grass Um, is always greener. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that we had two different perspectives, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad you did get a little bit of time. I did. I mean, I gave you a sob story, but yeah, Eric took Leo out on the weekends to the park and stuff. And I did get some time to rest. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. Be sure, and if you love this episode, leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us get new listeners. Our theme song was written and performed by Jenny Malone, and our logo was designed by Harriet Grant. Lost Ladies of Lit is produced by Amy Helms and Kim Askew. 